We pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for the gift of Your Son, Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection on our behalf. Lord, may Your Spirit help us to see the story that You tell us in the Gospel today. May we learn and grow from these words of life that You share there. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's no real secret that we at least by some economists would say, we are possibly facing some economic uncertainty in our nation. There's evidence of recession already underway. Interest rates seem to be going up. Joblessness is a real possibility in the future. And we could go on and on and on, and I could share how when my daughter graduated from high school last year and was ready for college, that it immediately hit her 529. And I thought, Lord, what perfect timing. Just wipe out the 529 right as she graduates. But it happens. Uncertainty is hard. I would maybe even add, it's even harder for German Lutherans. We like to know what's happening next. Very rarely do we want to take the next step unless we know for certain what that step's going to look like. Well, in today's Gospel lesson, there's a man by the name of Lazarus whose daily life could be summed up with the word uncertainty. Uncertainty whether he'll get his daily bread as he begs. And it seems very clear that the rich man whose house he often camped outside of never erased the uncertainty in his life, though he could have. When you are lacking the means for the essentials of daily life, it is hard. Sure, Today, we like to believe that someone who is a beggar got themselves into that situation through abusing something. Sometimes this judgment is true and sometimes it isn't. Though we most often try to convince ourselves, it is really their fault. And if we convince ourselves of that, well, then we can sing a lullaby to our conscience and put it to sleep and not feel bad at all when we come across somebody in need and we just pass by them. So we sing the line, we walk past, we drive home, and return to kitchens with pantries full of expired stuff. what we do. But in this story from Jesus, we're enabled to see something that none of us would have probably picked up on had we been just observing the beggar outside of the rich man's house day after day as we walked past. We learn that Lazarus, the poor man, the beggar, is actually saved by faith. We also learn that the rich man had no real works 
of compassion for his brother, which James would say is maybe a sign of his not having faith. Both men die. And the beggar rests in the peace of Abraham's bosom. And the rich man is kindling for the flames of hell. And it's also made clear by Jesus that there is no crossing over from here to there. He goes on to say, not even Lazarus coming back from the dead would save the rich man's brothers. For if they reject God's word, resurrection won't save them. So it's clear I'm a guest here at Emmanuel. So I don't really know you as I know my own flock in the situations and circumstances that they've been in. But I would imagine none of you sitting out here have been beggars before. I could be wrong. You've maybe suffered some hardship. You've maybe experienced unemployment and the attendant pressures that come with that. There are mouths to feed. There are kids and activities. There are groceries to buy. There's bills to pay. And on and on you could go. And you can see when you lose your job how that anxiousness arises because of the uncertainty of when the Lord may answer your prayer and what it might cost you. Things might have to change after this moment and phase of your life. And when I think about this, I think back to a time as a kid when I came home from school and went into the house and none of the lights would turn on. And it wasn't because we had a circuit issue. It was because the city had turned off the electricity to our house. My dad had been laid off, and while he was looking for a full-time job, he began throwing papers for the Dallas Morning News seven days a week, getting up at three in the morning to go do that, returning home by five or 5.30 in the morning, and then when he got a job, getting showered, and then going into the full-time job. But I remember money being tight. I also remember probably not being as grateful for the things that I should have been grateful for. And I remember one moment when times got tough in this circumstance. My dad asked a friend of his to help out financially. Now, as I've grown older, I've come to see how hard that must have been for my father to do. I wouldn't say that he probably had to beg, but he did have to swallow some pride even to ask. And he asked a friend, a friend of our family, and that friend was gracious and compassionate and helped us out. And through that compassion and through that friend, God helped our family get through a tough time. 
But here's the thing. All of us ought to know well what it's like to be Lazarus or a person desperately in need, a person unable to get themselves out of the situation they're in. Why should we all know this? This is the story of our own salvation. It's our own path to Abraham's bosom. As Luther said when he was in his bed dying, some of the last words he said is this, is we all die as beggars. We could not save ourselves. We could not work off our sin debt. And just as we often judge the homeless for it being their fault without ever knowing whether or not that's actually true, well, in this case, it is true. You inherited sin, you were born into it, you committed sin, and there's nothing that you could possibly do to pull yourselves out of that ditch, out of that situation, and enable yourself to pay the debt that God demanded. Which leaves you and I as beggars of God's mercy. And you know, it's even still true today. We confess our sins, but we ought not to ever approach that or the Lord's table as if we're entitled to what comes next. Fact of the matter is, is absolution comes after confession because your Lord Jesus is good and gracious and forgiving. When you come up to the Lord's Supper, we all know from catechism days, don't we, that none of us are worthy to receive that which we receive. But the Lord Jesus simply gives the abundance of His body and blood to you and to me for the forgiveness of our sins and for the strengthening of our faith, reminding us that whatever we face in this world, whether plenty or want, He is the Lord Jesus who walks with you and I. So what do we do with a message like this? This is, I teased Tab and I was going to, I told him that, hey, I'm going to teach your people that good work saves them, okay? Uh, just to cause him some issues when he gets back. But, so if you want to make that up and tell him that's what the sermon was about, you can, and it'll be fun. And I'll answer my call when he calls and is like, what were you doing, Radke? So what can we do? This is not just some talk like, hey, now go to Quick Trip and find the person sitting there. Although that could happen. What should we do with news like this? Like a story like this that Jesus tells us. And I'm reminded about a phrase that a pastor from Uganda shared. And you guys have some mission work in Uganda also. And, and this is what he said. When we proclaim the gospel, it's nothing more than one beggar telling another beggar where to get food. Think about that for a moment. When you're sharing the gospel love of Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection, it is nothing else than one beggar telling another beggar where to get food. And that food is the bread of life 
Jesus Christ, who was crucified and risen for you. Amen. I'm also hoping that my sermon is shorter than tabs, so you can rub that in. <laughs> the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.